Hello everyone and welcome to Celtic Preacher Podcast 88. We are sheltering in place. This is our third week. And we have a fitting text today. It's a narrative about love and loss and grief and hope. It's from John chapter 11. It's an account of Jesus as he helps people he loves gain more insight into death and life, chaos and suffering and and feeling out of control. And this particular account is called The Raising Up of Lazarus. Highly, highly relevant for these troubled times. And it is the kind of Bible reading that you may be tempted to skip over if you were reading this at home. Because like most of the scripture, the wisdom of scripture is found when you dwell upon it, when you meditate on it and consider it deeply. It's something that you need to wonder about. You know, you read a passage, it's best if you can just take it and then just sit with it for a while and wonder about it and think to yourself, what does that mean? Especially the passages that really don't make a lot of sense upon first reading. Rather than just pushing it to the side, it's better to just sit with these odd passages and think, well, what is this about? Because you'll often find that as you mull upon a text, the its life-giving power is released slowly. So let me just encourage you to do that with John 11. And you might want to even read this passage every day until Palm Sunday, which is this up-and-coming Sunday. Because uh, it's, it's a long passage, and uh, I don't have time to go into, you know, uh, all the details of it. I'm just going to lift up a few things. But I think what you'll find is, is that when you start to read these passages yourself, new truths will come to you. So the account is, the narrative is, that it's about this man called Lazarus, who happened to be a very good friend of Jesus. In fact, Jesus, when he wasn't teaching, had three good friends, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. Now, this isn't Mary, his mother. This is another Mary. But this this threesome, uh, Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, they were sisters and brothers, and brother, siblings. And when Jesus wasn't teaching, he would... Well, I'd really just hang out with these buddies. These were the people that he would relax with. So this is a story, this is a narrative about his friend Lazarus, who, by the way, it's interesting, the name Lazarus means God helps. So the story is is that Lazarus got sick and he lived in a town called Bethany. And Bethany means the house of the afflicted. Interesting, isn't it? So right at the beginning, the writer, John, the writer is is giving us, the reader, uh, a little bit of insight. I mean, he's saying, he's a very creative writer. He's saying, this is a story about how God helps when people are afflicted. When people are in the house of the afflicted, 
This is a story about how God helps. Now, when we speak about Bethany or the house of the afflicted, it can really mean anything at all that the people of the world struggle with. It could be fear, it could be despair, it could be loneliness, sickness, grief, loss, the pandemic. I mean, it's just broad. So John tells us in verse 3 that Lazarus and his sisters, Mary and Martha, send word to Jesus that his beloved friend is sick. And Jesus stays where he is and waits two whole days until he leaves for the town of Bethany, which is obviously a strange thing to do, right? There appears to be no rush on Jesus' part. When he heard about his beloved friend's sickness, he said to his students, his disciples, this sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. Verse 4. Jesus then waited two days before leaving for Bethany, and by now, Lazarus, by the time Jesus gets to uh, Bethany, Lazarus has been dead and now he's buried for four days. So it's beyond help. It's hopeless, really. All is lost. I think that's the energy behind this story we have. There's really nothing that anyone can do to help us now. So when Jesus arrives at Bethany, Lazarus' sister Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, he would not have died. She's got to be wondering, why didn't you come quickly? She's got to be wondering, why didn't you stop this? Where were you when we needed you? And Jesus said to Martha, your brother will rise again. I am the resurrection and the life. And Martha said, yes, I know he'll rise again on the last day. So it's like Martha's saying, yeah, I, I know he'll rise again. I mean, it's almost like, it would be like most of us would say things like, well, I believe that after we die, that life continues in some form. I mean, many of us have a belief that after this life, there's this sense that will be with God and that all will be well. And I think this is what Martha's saying. She's saying, yeah, well, I know that he'll be resurrected. But Jesus wants to steer her to a more immediate sense of God's activity. Jesus said, Martha, I am resurrection. I am resurrection. Jesus goes to Lazarus' grave with Mary and, and Martha, demands that the stone that sealed the door of the cave be moved, because in those days they would, the bodies were buried in little caves and a stone would seal the front, the door of the cave. They're standing outside the cave and Jesus orders that the stone be removed and Martha objects because he's been dead four days. The stone is removed 
Jesus prays and calls out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus staggers out and Jesus said, verse 44, take off the grave cloths, untie him, let him go. Now that's the gist of the story. There's a lot more to it. But one thing to notice is that's interesting is that this is the very last healing Jesus does before his own death. It's the very last sign. Remember, John doesn't call them miracles. He calls them signs because signs tell us something about God. It's the very last sign that Jesus does before he dies on the cross. Now, it seems like it's easy for us to assume, as Martha did, that, yes, God is alive and, and real and powerful, but for all practical purposes, I kind of have to work through life by myself for all practical purposes. Like Martha, we can... We can say things like, or maybe we don't even say them out loud, but we can think things like, yes, I know that God has power and maybe sometime in the future, maybe in the next life, things will make sense and I'll experience this power. But by raising up Lazarus, Jesus is showing Martha and Mary and his students down throughout the centuries, right up to the present day, Jesus is showing us Martha. Martha, God's power let loose in the world isn't something in the way, way distant future. It's for now. It's for today. It's for whatever house of affliction we find ourselves in. Now, Lazarus, after this event, lived out his days and, and died, right? And so did Mary and so did Martha, and so did all the other disciples. I mean, it's not an account that teaches there's no death. I mean, we already know. We already know there's death in the world. I think what, this, what the narrative is, is teaching us is that you don't have to wait for the end of life. You don't have to wait till the next life before you can experience resurrection power and true life in this life. Jesus is telling us that whatever suffering you have, whatever trials we go through, whatever trials we go through as we shelter in place, whatever grief and loss and hopelessness there's no situation, there's no crisis, there's no sickness nor pandemic. There is nothing greater than the one who said, I am resurrection and life. Now granted, we don't know what new life will emerge from this. We don't know. We don't know how the story will play out, but we do know the one who knows how to work in chaos and distress. I think it's really important to note that Jesus waited two days 
before leaving to see Mary and Martha. He waited two whole days. It's that old word, old King James Version, tarried. The Lord tarried. It's a significant spiritual lesson for a time like this. The Lord tarried. It's like waiting for something to change is so very painful for us. How most of us resist this place of waiting. Why is nothing changing? How long will this last? When we're waiting for something to change, when we're praying for help or we're praying for wisdom or we're praying for courage, and, and when discouragement sets in in the wee hours of the morning, Lazarus' healing reminds us. Jesus didn't drop everything and rush off to heal Lazarus. He waited. And the waiting was purposeful. God uses waiting time. Nothing is wasted with God. Nothing is wasted. It might seem like a complete waste of time to us, but in God's hands, nothing's wasted. For everything, there's a season. And for many of us, this will include a season of waiting. A season of trusting God while we wait, while we shelter in place. Now, yes, of course, we will protect ourselves and our loved ones. We'll take every necessary precaution. But we will also reach out to our elders and the vulnerable. We'll work, we'll pray, we'll wait. And signs of new life, we will see. We'll see. And we will experience this resurrection power in our own homes. Remember Jesus' words, I am resurrection. See, I think whenever a kind gesture is made, that's resurrection power. Whatever people walk by faith and are not led by fear, that's resurrection power. Every act of courage, every kind of outreach, any kind of service, any kind of caring, any kind of loving is resurrection power at work in the midst of all this chaos. Because it seems like times of great trial and suffering can bring out the best in people. You can see the best in people in times like these. You can see such courage when people are willing to risk their life and their health for others, rather than become shut down because of fear. When I see that, that's resurrection part at work in the world. There's the heart cry. There's the heart cry. Let me live in this resurrection power today. Let me move in this resurrection power today that others might know your healing presence in the midst of fear. Bring your peace. Bring your peace. Well, thank you for joining me. You've been listening to Celtic Preacher. Join with me again next week for another episode.